Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A warm hello to our listeners today. Welcome to another episode of Culture and Psychology. I am not Saide, Dr. Saide Malakovsali, who used, I know, surprise, usually does this introduction. So I have free you know, reign and permission to screw it up. So Saide, oh, uh, why are you not here? No, life happens. She's busy uh, helping, doing something adventurous, living her life. Uh, Dr. Saide Malakov Sali, I am not. I am Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Welcome, here, Daniel. Right, right here. Here I am. Perfect. So, Saide made the foolish mistake of letting me and Daniel do an episode. I have no idea what we're going to do today. No, we have some idea, but uh, <laughs> we do want to hold Saide accountable for anything that we end up saying that uh, comes across wrong. So, yeah, no, just kidding. We're glad you're here. Another episode. Uh, Today, we're actually going to talk about friendships and particularly building friendships as an adult uh, and even reconnecting at this time in the world. uh, There's a lot that's kind of happened where we've been disconnected from friends, from family, whether it's in our personal life or our work life. Uh, But then also, I feel like the idea or topic has come up more and more. How do we make friends? We haven't quite gotten to that point where everything is completely open or available, uh, there can be some hesitations due to, you know, uh, the pandemic and COVID. But I think it's something that people sometimes get a little rusty in. So I was thinking it's something that uh, Daniel and I were thinking is something we could talk about today. And, uh, you know, kind of talk about what that's like as an adult, to try to build some friendships and some connections. Uh, I, I'm guessing Daniel has the the answer, which uh, we'll say for the episode uh, towards the end of the episode. This is how you make friends. Uh, yeah, let's maybe start with. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask Daniel. Do you, do you, is this something you've been hearing people kind of struggle with a little bit, or is this uh, something that feels maybe not so pressing? I have heard people. Well, I've heard in my practice, I've heard people talk about this for really the last twenty years, mm. but I hear it more now. More people are bringing this sort of thing up now. And I think one one of the things that has happened, we may have referenced this before, is that people who are introverts, this pandemic has worked well for them <laughs> because it's a built-in reason to not have to go out or not have to do a lots of interactions. Yeah. Uh, we all, even those who are introverts, need social interactions. Introverts doesn't mean like a recluse or a hermit who yeah. doesn't need any interaction. But for a lot of people, they have done pretty well. They're like, yeah, I actually kind of enjoy it. But a lot of people also are saying, yeah, how to meet friends. I have some of my different clients who are, they are taking steps to meet new people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a little slower going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned 
you, it's funny you mentioned the introverts too. I, I, I knew that this was starting to become a problem when I hear, heard the introverts saying, I kind of want to meet people. I kind of want to make friends. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So no, it, it is something too. I think that I've been hearing my practice um, that, you know, it's a little bit more, a little more challenging in that way. Do you think it's COVID? Do you think it's that in and of itself? Do you think it's something else? You know, we're at an interesting crossroads here where we've come from several years of real polarization, like political polarization, where there's a lot of hostility. There's also a lot, it's very popular to call people out on things and to blame things and to speak up in a a very rude and accusing way. And then we've, we've had that as we come into the pandemic. And I think the combination of those two has really made some challenging times for all of us. I don't know if we were, if you and I were talking before the program about this, but I think you mentioned something about you don't just meet people in the store. I think before it did happen. <laughs> oh, if you're if you're in the grocery store, I had met and talked with people in the grocery store before or in the line to bank, but now I think it happened so much less. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's it's a challenge because we're in this crazy phase now, which is some people are wearing masks and some people are not wearing masks and some people are close and some people are not close, like physically close, physically distance and physically not distance. And I think that it's everybody's kind of trying to size other people up and like, are they a threat or not a threat? And we're not even out of this thing yet, too. Yeah. Right. We've got this new variant, the BA2 Omicron variant which is on the rise in other countries and no doubt will be on the rise here. I fully expect that to happen. I just don't know when, how much and all that. But I think that we're at a real tricky time here. People are needing to connect and we know that's true. You can see how happy people are to get out, to not wear a mask, to kind of mingle, connect with each other. They were already doing it before, but now it's even more so. Yeah. And another aspect uh, that you reminded me of as we were talking is even the, the the increase in popularity of social media. I think before the pandemic, it was starting to create these divides. And, you know, it, you could be at a dinner with somebody and, you know, half the table is, you know, looking at their phone. And we had that social piece, though, with that. So it, it, it kind of was tolerable, I think. But then, it seems as though even when we weren't able to socialize in person, we quickly realized social media in of itself is not enough. And so I think it's something that people realize like, yeah, social media feels very engaging when I have the social piece so accessible to me. But now that it's gone because of the pandemic and like you said, the political divide, all of a sudden it's like, no, social media isn't enough. And so I think people having that increased desire for that because you know, to just have the social media, it's going to leave you kind of wanting that actual human interaction. Well, how much of social media do you think is genuine uh, connection communication? And how much of it is, hey, look how great I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there's a pretty fair amount of that. Look how great I am. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I could go off all day on social media. I'm not a huge proponent of social media. I, I only I've been using social media just recently, mostly to promote either my private practice or my other podcast. But 
yeah, for the most part, I, 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 I don't see what the, what the big lure is for so many people. Um, I feel like I actually still get more and maybe it's a age thing. I don't know. I, I get more from actually talking to somebody in person and looking them in the eye than, you know, looking at what they posted or, you know, what they liked. Um, to me, it, it just doesn't feel as engaging as actually spending time with other people. And again, that I mean, that's me. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. <laughs> do you, the, the weird question aside, Alex, do you think that social media has contributed to more shallower relationships? Mm-hmm. Well, and that and that's something, too, I think, uh, you know, even we can address today, you know, the different levels of connection. Okay. And, and I think there can be this idea that, you know, it's like on Facebook, people say, oh, I have all these friends, you know, on Facebook. And it's like, okay, when's the last time you you sat across from them, let alone when's the last time that you, you know, call them up? Hey, how you been? What you doing? Uh, I, I feel like just because, you know, people are your friend on social media, and they may not be the kind of friend that you actually spend time with and talk with. It's more of a network that you have. And so I, I think there is a, a, there can be, I think, a shallowness or a lack of depth maybe is a, is a better way of saying it to, you know, those quote unquote friendships in that way. Yeah, maybe they were friends at one point, but, you know, is there that same depth to that same level? Well, here's a, a question I, for you as a social media user. I have accounts, but I really don't use them that much. <laughs> is that, um, is there only one designation, like as you're either friends or you're not connected to them? Is there, there's not probably not friends and then acquaintances and then super good friend. That's a, that's a great question. I think we could leave that one to our listeners to email us and uh, <laughs> inform us if there's different levels, because I, I don't, I know on, you know, one platform, Facebook, I know that they're friends. Um, the only other one I'm on is Instagram, but I don't, I think they're followers, I think is what they're called. And uh, yeah, I wonder okay. if there is like a ranking. That's a, that's a good kind of a uh, question. I wonder if there, that's, there should be, because I think in life in everyday life, there tends to be kind of a ranking of our friends and not that we say this is my number one friend or my number two friend, but well, maybe actually, uh, but, and I don't want to know my number if you do rank your friends, Daniel. Okay, uh, <laughs> I about, to, uh, about to reveal that. Yes. Yes. Let's hold back on that, please. Yeah. But I always think of it as there's a difference between a, a kind of like an acquaintanceship and a friendship. I think in our uh, happenings of everyday life, or even in some circles that we travel in, we may see somebody and say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Maybe chit chat with them for a little bit. But I always think of a friendship as a little bit of a deeper, kind of more meaningful connection. Like a friend is somebody who you can kind of call and say, hey, you know, like I'm kind of going through this thing. It'd be great if we can, you know, meet and talk, you know, and there could be even different levels of that. Like there's the the, the saying, you know, who would you call at 3 a.m.? Like that friend that you can call in the middle of the night and you know that they would be there. Uh, I am not that friend. Uh, I do not want to be called at 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I'm asleep usually. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, it's like, what is it like to have those varying levels of friends? And, you know, should social media reflect that? I think that's a, a good point. Do you think there's a difference in those kind of acquaintanceship, a friendship, and then like really deep, meaningful uh, friendships? I like to think of the friends as being, yeah, I think there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. Mm. Friends to me, you know them better and they know you better. Mm. And you're generally 
generally more open with friends than with acquaintances. And then there, so then we have this category of friends. And then I also think there is within that category of friends, a small, smaller subset, probably much smaller in my mind, of people that if I haven't talked to them in a year, two years, five years, then when I start talking to them, it's just as if no time has passed. Mm, yeah. There's some sort of um, resonance mm -hmm. that we have. And those are like a different category of yeah. subcategory within the friendships. Friend. Yeah. Somehow they get us or we get them or there's, there's something else. There's something more. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you made that distinction, too, because that is something I, I'm thinking of a couple of friends of mine who I've had it where I haven't like seen them or talked to them in you know months, even years sometimes. And yeah, we may exchange texts, but having not uh, maybe lived in the same state as them. But then when I see them, it's just like when we were together last and, and we're laughing and we're joking. Uh, it just feels like, you know, this is this is what this is. And, and time has not influenced it. I have had those relationships, too, where you realize that time has contributed to the connection. And you're just like, so, yeah, how about, yeah, what's going on? Uh, and it feels, you know, not as natural, even sometimes a little uh, awkward. Yeah, you struggle to get traction in the conversation. It yeah. just doesn't move. It doesn't go. I know I've got a friend in Florida. His name's Terry. And I called him a couple months ago. If I need to call him again, actually, about I called him three months ago. And I bet I hadn't talked with him in at least five years and maybe somewhere between five and 10 years. And when he picked up the phone, it wasn't even hello. He just started in and <laughs> we went from there. And it was like, wow. And he was a friend from college. I was wow. like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm always so grateful for those types of connections. Cause yeah, I, I think it is hard to, I wish there was like a separate name for that because that that's, is just such a unique experience. And, and there's such depth to that friendship sometimes that, yeah, it, it feels like it should have its own name almost in that way. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's kind of like uh super friend level or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. E e executive suite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> executive class. level friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a class friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, again, I think it is too, one of those things, I, I guess the question came to my mind too, can you cultivate a friendship to become that? You know, is it, is it something that's just kind of natural and automatic or can it be grown into that? And I think that's even touches on this bigger theme of how do you build friendships? And we're, we're starting at the top. How do you, how do you get a, a friendship to be, you know, an elite level friendship? Uh, but uh, yeah, we could always go back the other way too. But do you think that's something that can be cultivated so you can have that? Well, that is a wonderful question because before that question comes up, it's kind of like there's an assumption that you either have resonance with somebody or you don't. Mm -hmm. right? right. The way I was presenting it before, it's like, you know, there's some people you just have that with them. And you're asking the question, well, can you develop that resonance? And yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that there are some people who are better at having those types of relationships than others. We know there's probably a normal distribution or standard distribution of this, such people. And if that's the case, why would that not be a skill that we could learn how to cultivate or develop? That would be a good thing to do, good thing to learn. 
We can pick back up on that after our break. Shall yeah, we yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, again, Dr. Alex Andrade, Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Saide Malikov-Sali, uh, who is here with us in spirit today. And she is responsible for all the things that you hear that you do not like today. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and then come back and we'll go from there. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you in a minute. سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Our good friend and colleague, Dr. Malakov Zali, is not here uh, with us. Uh, Saide is uh, living her best life, uh, letting us, uh, you know, talk to you today uh, so that we can uh, come to you with an idea that she will later add to, of course. We definitely always want to have her feedback on everything. I do miss her. I do want to say that, Daniel. I'm sure you miss her as well. She is a great moderator. I miss her spirit in the conversation. She is. I strive to embody her today. So along those lines, I'm going to do a poor job of recapping what we've talked about so far, but I'm going to try. All right. <laughs> and again, this is not a, a, a negative towards me or my person. This is just she does it so great. So uh, yeah, we're today we're talking about friendships, uh, particularly how do you build friendships? How do you establish those? We kind of left off on the question, how do you build friendships to be those those deeper, kind of more meaningful friendships where they can be the kind of friendship where you haven't maybe talked in you know weeks, months, years, and you can kind of just pick up again uh, like, like nothing has changed. And so thinking about, you know, what are those things that build friendships that allow those to become something important to us, uh, something that we're needing, especially in this time? as we felt maybe an absence or a lacking of those opportunities to build those connections. And you're wanting to have those a little bit more now. Think about this. Think about this question. Have you had the experience where you meet somebody and develop a very deep relationship with them in a very short time? And I'll give an example from my, from my own life. There was, this was many years ago, more than 30 years ago. I traveled a lot for my work and I was flying on a flight. I think it was back from Boston to Dallas. And on that flight, I sat next to a woman and talked with her and got to know her. And before the flight was over, I had kissed her, not against her will either. 
<laughs> Thank you for for clarifying that, Daniel. I, I, <laughs> si, if Sade was here, she would have raised her eyebrow in suspicion. I know. I, wanna, yeah. I was uh, wondering where you might head with that. But <laughs> the, my point is just that within that span of a few hours, this developed. And have you had such an experience? I, I don't know if I've had an experience exactly like that. I have had this experience where it kind of reminds me of a similar type of experience where there's this, this like instantaneous connection in a short amount of time, but then there's a, a an absence like there, it isn't carried forward in an intentional way, but what, like, uh, like, let me explain a little bit more. There was this person who I met when I think I was like 15 and we both worked at the same uh, um, uh, department store. And I remember we interacted for like a day or two and we just really connected. And there was something about this person that seemed so very serendipitous, but then also so like spiritual in this way. But then I didn't see this person again for maybe a couple of years. And then when I seen him again, he didn't remember me, but I remembered him just because of the, the way, the ease of that interaction and connection. And then the second time we talked, it was the same thing. And then it was funny because years later, I seen him again. And it was like, hey, like, you probably don't remember me. He goes, no, I do remember you now because you're the one who said we had this weird connection. And I thought about it after that. And it's funny that we're running into each other now. And it was just like, it, it almost felt like, and, and this might sound kind of grand, but it almost felt like this like uh, a guardian angel that I was like running into almost like this person, we just clicked and we just connected on this like deep, like really real level like and we didn't even talk about anything deep it was just there was such an authenticity i think to the interaction to the exchange that it felt like oh man like it almost felt like a friend that i had always known who i reconnected with each time i reconnected with him but it was never that like hey let's keep in touch it was just like it was what it was in that moment and it was it was nice because of just that Wow, that sounds very cool. So you are not still in touch with the person then? No, no, I I, I haven't seen him for some years now. And I obviously I lived out of state. So I hadn't seen him. I mean, he was always in Sacramento that would run into this person. But I, it's funny, because like, there's a part of me is like, I know, I'm going to run into him again. Like, I know, at some point, I always say, uh, you know, the world is too small, life is too long you're going to run into somebody again eventually. And especially with that type of experience. And even if I didn't, I'd be okay with what I did experience those couple of times that I did have that. And so I think that is a type of relationship, you know, is that a friendship or, you know, what, what is that? How would you categorize your experience as far as uh, kind of that person that you met? Did, did you continue that uh, interaction with her after the flight? Not the kissing, but just, uh, you know, uh, knowing her and communicating with her. I don't remember to tell you the truth. I think not. I think I tried to set something up, but uh, she lived in Boston, and somehow I think we did never connect again. But I, and sometimes my, it's okay. That is just that. Like, and there's something about it just being that too. That's kind of nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. I think, and I think the important point is the the realization that it can happen. And if it can happen one time with one person, it probably can happen with other people too. And that leads me to, have you heard of this idea that there are, I don't know, like 
a list of 20 questions you can ask somebody. And then if you, the two of you do this, then you will fall in love with them. Um, no, I haven't heard that. I've heard of this. I haven't looked. I think somebody wrote a book about it mm. and tried it out. But it, it kind of brings up this idea that maybe there is a, either a skill to develop or a way that opens us to other people in a certain way. And that maybe what's happening with these people that we have chance meetings with where we connect, that we are at that point in our life just so open and they're so open and we happen to both be open at that and then it just flows. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. It it for me, it it brings me to a place of thinking, you know, I think there's more there's more than meets the eye going on here in terms of like one's energy and how we emanate out around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it is naive to think that with our current, we've reached the peak of knowledge of everything we can know about the world and the people around us that we're not going to discover any more things. I just don't believe that. I think that's an arrogant, uh, cavalier place to stand. No, there's more stuff that is to be to be learned. I suspect that there are a lot of the people who are healers in the sense like a metaphysical sense that they probably have they can see something or they can detect something Mm -hmm. that most of the rest of the people can't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we don't have enough science yet to know how to measure whatever it is that they're detecting and therefore they kind of get relegated to the fringe what's your take on that it also also reminds me too of this idea you know if we just are you know, there's probably a greater likelihood that we can connect with others. But I think a lot of times what I find in the desire to connect is we get in our own way. A lot of times we we can have a whole conversation in our head before we even approach a person. And so it's one of those things where we can just overthink it to such a degree. Let me give you an example. Like today, I went to the store, I had to run some errands, went to the store. Uh, as I was walking down the, the uh, aisle, uh, th- there was a woman and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I in your way? I said, oh, no, you're fine. And I, and I just stopped and I just said, how's your day going? And she's like, good. How's yours? And I was like, good, thanks. And I was like, well, have a good day. And that was it. I wasn't, you know, I think uh, a lot of times it's like, are we trying to build a friendship? Are we trying to see if she's single? Am I trying to, you know, hit on her? I think in that moment, it was so nice because it was just like, hello. Like, didn't think about it. I didn't think, oh, how am I going to sound? You know, believe me, don't get don't get me wrong. There are times where I think, should I say this? How's that going to sound? How am I dressed? You know, do I do I look a certain way? Uh, there's all this narrative that happens that can deter us from just trying to interact and connect. I think that's why a lot of times people say, oh, I'll have a, a drink or, you know, alcoholic beverage. And then I'm more social, you know, it's easier. And I think it's that quieting of our mind, not that alcohol necessarily makes us better uh, by any means. So I think a lot of times we are our biggest hurdle in that way because of maybe the worries and fears and apprehensions about what happens if I do open up or put myself out there. Yeah, the self-consciousness, the the paralyzing narrative that we spin in our head it yeah. gets in our way that's why some of these i've heard 
one of my clients was real big into this. How do I meet women? How do I meet women? Mm-hmm. And what he was talking about is something that he had read or that he employed. I think he had read it somewhere that if you see somebody like that you want to meet in a romantic sense, that within 30 seconds of that recognition, you need to talk to them because otherwise you will get, you'll spin this paralyzing narrative in your head. Mm-hmm. Crippling narrative. Yeah. Probably true. Probably true. I always think of it too. And I know we've talked about this kind of relatedly, this idea between the difference between connecting and networking. And I think if we try to focus on connecting with the person, just to kind of see who they are as a person, that's going to get us further than trying to hook up with them or trying to get them to date us or, you know, trying to say a line or something like that. Because uh, I find a lot of times it feels very, it's just like, as we've talked about with networking, that feels very transactional. Like I want something from you or, you know, I want to get something from you versus if we're just trying to connect, it's like, who are you? Like, what's going on with you? How are you doing? And that's like a very, I feel like that's always like a real human kind of experience versus where, you know, for networking, oh, so what do you do for work? And oh, what do you, you know, what, so what kind of things have you been up to lately? Oh, I like to do this hobby. Is that something you, you know, it just feels so uh, synthetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It just, it doesn't feel authentic to me. So I think that's something that when I think of meeting new people and even uh, in regards to maybe building more deeper relationships, it's not about like, where we've been or what we have, or even what job we have. It's, it's more about just trying to connect with that person. It reminds me, one of the questions that I like to ask people in back when CDs were a thing, uh, you know, this, it was, it, it was phrased this way, you know, what's the last CD you, you bought or what's the last CD you listened to? Now it's like, you know, what have you been streaming or, you know, what, what have you been listening to? Cause I find that that can be such a, a more engaging, fun interaction and conversation to have, because then you're talking about music and you get to learn what music that person likes. And you'd be like, Oh, I've never heard of that. Or, Oh, I love that artist too. You know? Yeah. We could do the, Oh, this is what I do for work. And this is what you do for work. And and you probably Daniel, maybe feel like I do when it comes to, I don't want to tell people I'm a psychologist. I get these stock responses. You're not going to get a sense of who I am in, in, a, in a very broad sense, if you only know my job, you're going to associate stereotypes with me right. in regards to that. But I find talking about those things that are like our interests, our hobbies, those things that are engaging, I find like those are more fruitful. You are a music listening guy. And if you're using that question, do you feel like if somebody tells you, okay, here's 10 songs that I really like on Spotify, do you, would you be able to say what kind of person they are? Oh, good question. Well, I, I'd probably say if I knew, and, and I, I should probably preface this because once people do find out I'm a psychologist, they're like, so have you been analyzing everything I say? And I said, no, 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 I don't work for free, first of all, and I'm off the clock. So uh, no, I'm not uh, you know, contriving this picture of you. But uh, I think you do get a sense of you know, maybe some things that are you know, like what genres they like, you know, even some of the themes of the music. And again, I think it's a side effect of what we do for a living. You know, we we, we kind of parse these things out without even really trying. But I, I think it'll give me a sense of, if not that person, at least kind of, you know, where they're at right now or, you know, and I'd be like, why are you listening to all those 
sad music. You're listening to The Cure. You mentioned 10 Cure songs, you know? It's like, why are you listening to all that sad music, you know? Um, and they might be like, I just like to be sad sometimes, you know? And then even that, you know, is something that you learn about them. Like, oh, they, they like to experience emo- their emotions or they like to engage that. Or they're listening to a lot of songs about running because they, you know, are about to like, you know, exercise songs because they've recently been exercising a little bit more. So I think it gives you a, a, a snippet or a snapshot of a person I don't know if it, it gives you a, a broad picture of them, but sometimes I, I think that's that in to just to begin to know a person. I don't need to know everything about you. I'm not doing an intake. You know, I, I feel like that's a, one of the one of the negative side effects of my jobs. I start asking these very personal questions. Oh, what about your parents? You know, uh, and I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Just tell me what you listen to. Yeah, what made you decide to list that song? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I realized we got to another break. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, continue to talk about how to build friendships, how to connect with people. Uh, Again, Dr. Alex Andrade, Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Saide Malakasali is not here with us today, but as always here in spirit. Uh, So we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. This is Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, Dr. Saide Malakavsali is not here with us today. We're talking about friendships, what it means to try to build friendships, different ways to connect, 
we've we've kind of been all over the board so far in regards to you know those deep meaningful friendships, those kind of chance encounters uh, that feel very deep and feel very meaningful, as well as even you know what are those kind of more everyday ways to connect with people. Uh, I was talking before the break, Daniel, about you know maybe music is being something that I talk with people about when I'm wanting to kind of get a sense of them without doing some of the stereotypical "what do you do for a living" uh, kind of questions. Uh, is there something that you tend to kind of talk with people about or like to talk with people about uh, versus the standard kind of you know "what do you do for a living"? I, and I know you love small talk too, Daniel. That's part of the reason why I'm asking you that question. I know you can talk about the weather you know all day if you had the opportunity opportunity. But uh, uh, maybe in addition to the weather, uh, what would you say you like to talk with people about when meeting them? Talk, I like talking about the weather. <laughs> That's nice. Real nice. <laughs> really, I feel, you know, there are times when I am feel like I'm on and meeting people is mm. a great pleasure. And there are times when I am not on and it feels like it's just a lot of work. Do you have that? Yeah, I actually, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because there are times where I feel like the last thing I want to do is talk with somebody. Uh, and, and again, it's, I think this assumption, given the work we do, we're always interested and curious about getting to know people. Sometimes I don't want to know about anybody else uh, or what's going on. Uh, I tend to, those are the days, if you see me, definitely don't come up to me. But if you see me where I have my baseball cap on, I have my sunglasses on, uh, I even have like my jacket or sweater, like the, the edges or the brim of it kind of uh, against my cheeks. So you can see very little of my face. Those are probably, yeah, yeah, I'm really sheltered in in that way. Those are the days, you know, I'm probably not wanting to be recognized or to have those exchanges. Yeah. Do you feel like that's a lot for you that that happens? Uh, is it like the weekends? Is it when you're tired? Uh, does that feel like something that, you know, gives you that space for yourself? What's that like for you? You know, that's a good, that's a real good question. I think it is, um, if I've had a long week where I am listening, listening, listening to people all week long, I don't generally have a big interest in meeting a lot of new people on the weekend. I'm like, you know, and I tell my girlfriend, Jan, I said, you know, I just want to have some time. I just need some time alone. Yeah. And she will want to talk and I'm kind of like trying to not talk much. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that doesn't work that well for her and for me with us together. <laughs> but that's, that's where I end up with myself. Now back to your original question though, what would I, I like to talk or what would I ask people about? Mm -hmm. I don't have a good response on that. I really should. I think that hobbies Oh, this is a good question that I decided I want to start asking. And I have actually asked this, and it's a good question. I said, what are your passions? You know, mm. what are you really interested in? Yeah. Which I think is a great question. Yeah. Which I think reflects when we're making new friends, when we're meeting people, the key is to be interested in them. I have some clients, many clients who have been out of work they were injured at work and so they're not working and then they get really out of the mix and this reference is something you said earlier we can kind of get out of practice at doing that yeah. and so they get out of the mix and then they're trying to get back in and they say yeah but i don't know i don't do anything so i don't know what i would talk about and they say you don't need anything to talk about you just be interested in the other person 
That's really the key because people will enjoy it if someone is truly interested in them. Yeah. And what I hear from or about the big connectors, people, and um, Bill Clinton, I understand, was a very big connector. And mm. who else? I think Bill Moyers, different people. And I'm sure there's tons. Sure of people but one of the i think the common thing is that when they meet somebody the people that they've met if you talk to the people they've met they say and they i read this about bill clinton he said no when he talked to me his he was focused on me and i really felt like what i said really mattered he paid attention to what i said mm-hmm. and i think that's a key element in making friends and meeting new people is how can I learn to really be interested in another person? Yeah. How can I really yeah. learn to be interested and show interest in them and not be like looking over their shoulder or looking at something else? We get a sense of what that's like when we do lots of Zoom calls, because you can tell when somebody is paying attention to something else other than the interaction on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny too, when, when people recognize that and they're like, Hey, wait a minute, you know, you reminded me of a colleague, a a friend, uh, Amy Offield, uh, a psychologist. uh, And that's, I always say that's one of the, the things I love about Amy. When she talks to you, it's like nobody else in the world exists. And, and I feel like there are a handful of people who are able to do that. And it's such, it's, it's so powerful. Like People say, hey, how you doing? And you're like, okay, stock question, stock answer. Here you go. It's funny when Amy asked me that question, I know she means it. And and I think, I believe she does either that or she's really good at it. <laughs> uh, I, think she's I, really, like, I think she's really good at it and she really means it. She's yeah. a great connector. Yeah. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. And so it's, and it's one of those things where I, I, again, I use the word friend. I feel like I can call her a friend because of, not we talk all the time or, you know, we interact or hang out a lot, but the times I do talk with her, it feels very authentic, very genuine in that way. And I think that is very powerful. And I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a skill. I think it's a skill and a little bit of a trait, I guess, a, a kind of in the middle, I would kind of, you know, kind of mark that if you will. I think that's a real good point. That's a real good point. Yeah. I know that, that I'd like to take this back to kind of the, the lesser versions of friendship, and that's those uh, fleeting interactions that we have with other people. But I think it illustrates an important point of being interested in the other person. And it is this, going to the grocery store. It's a couple of days ago, I was at the grocery store and I've had this happen a number of different times at different stores. You, you pick up your stuff and you go check out, the person rings you up and then you are picking up your stuff and they're handing you the receipt and they don't even look at you. Mm-hmm. They don't even make eye contact with you. And it always, to me, always feels like a bit of a, a rebuff or a diss yeah. in some way. It's like, I'm not even being seen as a person. They're just off doing the thing. And either they don't have their heart in their job or whatever it is, it, it leaves one with not a good feeling as opposed to somebody who looks right at you and says, Hey, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Or whatever, just anything. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it does fill away. And so in thinking about, you know, how do we connect even, even, you know, eye contact, eye contact, and, you know, even just kind of focusing on the person, Uh, like you said, in zoom meetings, we can tell when somebody is distracted or doing something else, 
I think, you know, when we're interacting with others, uh, whether it's new or established friendships or connections, and, and I'll say it, I don't know if you're thinking that I'm going to say it though, put your phone away, put your phone away. Don't, you know, have your phone out even, you know, put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, focus on the person that's in front of you in that way, you know, that, that you're going to have time to check it later. I promise you, I promise you, you'll have time later, but, you know, to build that connection I think that's something that we need to do. We need to focus in on the person in front of us, really try to hear them in that way too. And just even again, in that authentic way, Hey, how are you doing? You know, making eye contact, you know, soft voice. I think, and again, that's maybe a gender thing I've learned as a man, as a tall man too, I, I need to kind of be aware of those things. Um, the tone of my voice, the depth of my voice, even I notice sometimes I, I won't stand as tall. Uh, I'll I'll kind of lean in a little bit, kind of gently, kind of you know, kind of soften my stance a little bit, if you will, to maybe be at kind of closer to the level of others. And so I think there's a lot of pieces that go into communicating as well as even kind of engaging with somebody too. Yeah, your stature being a tall person is a that's a lot of power, a lot of presentation power. That comes in there. Here's a question I've got for you. Where did you enter into? How old were you when you when the with the phone revolution and the phone revolution being we went you know into having the cell phones. It's got a camera and the texting and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm grateful where I came in because I can remember not having a phone. I remember having a pager and that being like a huge sense of freedom and, you know, uh, uh, independence. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of jokingly say my, my first cell phone, was probably when I was in my 20s. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, to think of kids having a cell phone, that could be a whole other episode. But uh, it's just it's something where I had to, uh, my cousin, he's a comedian, Carlos Rodriguez, he has this joke, I grew up before social media and cell phones, I know how to do small talk. And sometimes people with social media, they don't know how to do small talk. They don't know how to just have a conversation with somebody at the store because they just do that, you know, via text or, you know, messaging and things like that versus being able to be around somebody and be able to engage. And so it's funny because a lot of my friends will tell me like, oh man, you can, you can really talk to anybody or you can really just interact with people. And I'm like, yeah, it's called what you do as a human being. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to connect. I'm just trying to interact with somebody. Uh, I, I don't think of social media or texting as the primary way that I'm going to get to know somebody. I want to actually interact with you and, and spend time with you in that way. So yeah, I'm grateful that I kind of came up uh, a little bit, you know, I think along the time that was starting to become increasingly popular I was already a young adult by that time. Yeah. What are your thoughts on even like, it sounds like that maybe contributes in a way to how people connect or. Oh, I, I don't know how it would not, mm -hmm. but I don't have any sense of perspective on how much it contributes one way or the other, but I do have a question. And that is, you know, early on when books first came out, like, this was a few hundred years ago. I don't even know when Gutenberg made the printing press. Mm. But and then when paperbacks finally came out, which I think is earlier in the 1900s or regular books came out, a lot of the older people who did not grow up with books complained and said, well, youth, they're spending too much time in books and they're not going to learn how to connect with people. 
and then time goes on. And I think with each each of these revolutions, the older generation has said, well, you know, these kids nowadays, they don't know how to do that stuff. And so you can see where my question is heading. Mm-hmm. What if we are that older generation? Could Or could it be? Do you think it could be that what we're seeing is really our own judgments about it? And maybe they're, this is like something that's new and much better. I feel like that's always the joke. It's the older generation that thinks the younger generation is just, you know, going to hell in a handbasket kind of thing. And so it's just like, it. yeah, we we were better. We worked harder. You know, we knew more. You know, I think that's, uh, yeah, and I, I definitely fall into that camp too, where I don't always, I try to be aware of it. I'm trying not to be judgmental. I do try to look at individuals as individuals. But uh, yeah, there are times where it feels like, I'm I think if anything, maybe phrasing it with this way that I'm I'm grateful at the time that I grew up in those experiences that I've had. Me and my brothers, we joke at times. Imagine if we grew up with like cell phones. You know, we used to have to like fight over, you know, one house phone. And if somebody called, it's like you had to hang up or you had to get off the phone. Or when dial-up, you know, happened, internet, dialing up uh, internet, nobody could be on the phone because somebody wanted to be on the the internet. So it was one of those things where to think that we had this, you know, walking computer with us all the time and these dating apps all the time, we kind of jokingly say it probably wouldn't have turned out very well for us uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, yeah, we're, we're all kind of grateful that, you know, we we grew up when we did. And I think my brothers, too, we're, we're all pretty, all pretty sociable in that way. But uh, again, my brothers as well, we could be those people who don't don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to really interact as well. These kids who are gr- these kids, yeah, these kids nowadays, old person. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way. You kids, yeah. <laughs> the people growing up nowadays with the, the all the cell phones and the texting and all the apps and everything, they will reach a stage in their life where they are adults. And there will be something new and way beyond what they're doing. And they'll be complaining to their kid about their about these kids. <laughs> when they are adults. We can only imagine what that will be. Yeah. yeah. We don't even we don't even know. I mean, maybe we can get an idea from science fiction, but I think you're right. I think it always does come full circle. You know, there's the there's joke that you you become your parents uh, one way or another, even if you don't want to. And uh, yeah, it's we'll be complaining about the the next generation as well. I think it's so true. I say to my clients, yeah, well, we're all slowly becoming our parents. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have to, but I think we often are. Anyway, this is about communication and making friends. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I think it is, again, one of those things where we've, we've talked about a lot of different things today. I think it's uh, something where there, there are a lot of parts about connecting and friendships that uh, we touched on. Uh, so let's do this. Let's take one final break, uh, come back, and we'll leave our listeners with a, a message, uh, hopefully something they can take with them to practice and engage in. Uh, again, I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, Dr. Saide Malakavsali is not here with us today, but uh, as always here in spirit, we'll take a quick break and come up uh, back to, to wrap up the show. Sarnavestra 
باید از سر نوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را Back here, Culture and Psychology, Dr. Alex Andrade, Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Saide Malakovsali is not quite here with us, but I think we should we should probably think about what she would say to listeners and maybe offer that. We might be completely wrong, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be fun to say. What would Saide say uh, in regards to friendship and connecting with people? Uh, maybe before we think of what she would say, is there something that you wanted to say to our listeners today, Daniel, about friendships and connecting? Yeah, that will be about five times easier for me to say what <laughs> than, than to think of what she would say. I'm really stumbling on that one. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say the key element to making friends is be interested in other people. Figure out a way to develop your skill of being interested in others and friends will follow. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that the other thing is to let's not focus on building a deep, meaningful, lifelong friendship. Let's just focus on connecting with somebody about one thing, one moment, um, even something as small as saying hi. I, again, it's one of those things where you're like, wait, just say hi to somebody. Yeah. Just say hi to somebody. Like it's that, you know, easy enough intro gives us a lot of information. The person says hi back. Hey, you're off to a good start. You know, if they don't say anything, all right, maybe I'm not going to say hi or say anything else. So again, it can be scary. We we fear rejection a lot of times. We're hesitant to say, well, what if they don't like me? Or what if we don't connect? Uh, we we don't know. We won't know if we don't try. And so even just starting small, saying hello, uh, kind of going from there. I, I think my answer is what Saide would say too. Um, I, don't, I don't know. What do you think, Daniel? You think she would say what you said? I think, yeah, yeah. Can, can mine count for hers too? Can we... Can, Two, two, yeah. birds, two birds, one stone. Okay. I'm, I'm voting yes. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show for today. Again, uh, really appreciate you listening. Be sure to check out our website, uh, www.thetavana.com. That's T-H-E-T-A-B-A-N-A.com. Uh, always welcoming your feedback, uh, you know, encouragement, support, uh, definitely want to make sure that we're bringing you things that are relevant and interesting in that way. So continue to listen, uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll be back with you soon.
چه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرفت از سر گذاشتم سرنوشتت سر گذاشتم لشکر غم را به سوزان بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این Sun.